Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I'm very excited about today's episode as it is a launch of episodes for students aspiring to be artists in college, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Taylor Passis, who's an undergraduate student at the University of Michigan at the Stamp School of Arts and Design. Taylor, how are you today? And thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm doing so well, and I'm really enjoying this nice Midwestern uh, summer where it's not terribly <laughs> cold anymore, and it's also not terribly hot. So it's been, it's been going really great. Well, that's terrific, and we look forward to an awesome conversation. I know that there's a lot of students that aspire to be artists, so let's get right to it, Taylor. Tell us about yourself, and when did you realize that you had a passion for the visual arts? So I am a current sophomore, going to be a junior this upcoming fall at the University of Michigan. Um, I actually graduated high school in 2018, but I took a semester off to take care of some, you know, familial and personal issues. And then unfortunately, the semester I was going to return, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, um, you know, hit us pretty bad. And spring 2020 or winter 2020, as we reference it here at the University of Michigan, um, went online and we didn't really know what was happening. So I ended up taking two years off. And this past semester, uh, most frequently, there was spring 2020, winter 2020, um, I actually returned to the Michigan for the very first time. And so that's why I am now considered a sophomore because in my time off, I just only took some part-time classes here and there at a local school called Stony Brook University. Uh, I realized I was really into the visual arts. I would say at a younger age, I was very privileged to have a lot of arts exposure at my school district that I grew up in. And I was always kind of put in, even in like elementary school, I was put in, you know, like advanced visual arts classes. And I just thought it was, a, 
you know, I thought of it as a hobby, actually. And I always thought maybe I would go into science or I'd do some cool like biology stuff because I also found that I had a really big interest in science as well. Um, and it wasn't until I got to high school that I kind of realized and through my college admissions, uh, you know, college exploration and finding where I wanted to go to university that I realized I could actually potentially do both. Um, and so I ended up uh, landing myself at Michigan and I took some advanced classes in high school. I did a lot of the clubs like yearbook um, and I just really ran the photo aspect of, you know, clubs like that. And I helped out in the creative design areas of my high school and I did some video stuff for my high school as well. Um, and so through things like that and being exposed to it and also just um, being exposed to it at home, having a very creative mother and being um, in a, from a very creative family, that's where I realized that arts was more of a passion rather than a hobby. Well, that's great. And Taylor, what were some of the other kinds of things you did to cultivate those interests growing up? Yeah, so I actually um, did some outside of school art classes. I was very lucky and privileged enough that my parents were able to give me such an opportunity to take studio classes elsewhere. I did some ceramics classes. I did some painting classes. Um, but the one classes that I actually never did outside of school that I only started in school was digital photography. And my high school freshman year digital photography teacher was my same photography teacher for all four years of high school. And I first picked up a camera when I was about, I would say like in middle school, but I had no idea how to use it. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and so I actually took advantage of what my school had to offer. And I signed up for this entry level digital photo class. And I really learned um, about the technical aspects of photography from there and how to use Photoshop and Lightroom. And it, from that point, I just, I kind of, no pun intended, took my camera and ran with it. Um, and I ended up joining <laughs> yearbook and doing the photo aspects of yearbook, as I just uh, mentioned previously. And I basically just really focused on digital media. And that's kind of where I found like, that's really where I want to be is in photography and videography. Um, but I still kept up with my traditional and fine arts. And then I kind of stopped doing the outside of school classes. And I started taking drawing and advanced drawing classes in my high school. And again, taking advantage of what I literally had to offer or what my school had to offer me um, and just kind of working with what I had to build uh, interests, uh, interdisciplinary, but also uh, strengthening my technical skills in each individual area of art. Understood, Taylor, and thank you so much. I know that the Stamp School of Art and Design is part of the University of Michigan, but when a student applies to such a school, how does the application process differ compared to applying for regular admissions? Yeah, so the Stamp School of Art and Design is under the University of Michigan, and for people who are more familiar with Michigan, but not so much the art school, the Ross School of Business is a school that is under Michigan's university as well. And that's a, uh, another example of um, how like application processes might differ after your initial application to the university. Um, when I was in high school, I submitted using the common application and that application was then submitted to the Office of Undergraduate Admissions. In the Office of Undergraduate Admissions, initially they first look at your um, application to see if you would be a strong fit for the university, if you would do well at the university. Also, taking into consideration the programs that you are applying to. Myself, I was applying into the BFA program with the Stamp School of Art and Design. So they weren't going to look at my application initially the same way they were going to look at a student who was applying into the engineering school. For me, they looked at it, saw, okay, 
you know, this student looks like they have the potential. Let's now move it down to the STAM School of Art and Designs admissions team. This is where the application process starts to differ a, a little bit. You first get looked at by the Office of Undergraduate Admissions. They kind of rank you and see where you fall on a scale. And then if you advance, you then move to the next section, which is being looked at by the STAM School of Art and Design. Within the STAM School of Art and Design, your portfolio is 50% of your application, meaning that you should have a really strong portfolio developed by the time you are applying using Slide Room, if that's how I applied, um, or using the Coalition or Common Application. It is at that point that they open up your images and they look at your portfolio and they see where you stand technically, but they also look at a little bit of your academics and not so much your test scores as much anymore. We really, uh, when I spoke with my dean uh, previously this month, we talked about the specific logistics and she said uh, the test scores aren't looked at as so much as the portfolio because again, we are a creative-based school. So looking at your portfolio is something that's very important than say a standardized test score because at stamps um, we do believe that you might not do so well in a standardized test but that doesn't mean you can't paint you can't draw you're not creative you don't have that mindset to work in a creative environment um, so we want to maximize the opportunities that every student can have when even all the way as early as the admissions process and all the way up until graduation and so in that review, uh, they look at your, they rank your portfolio on a scale of 10 to see where you lie compared to your other applicants, but they also look at your essays. Why stamps? Why do you want to go to this university? What is it here that draws your attention to this program versus say a traditional art school like um, RISD or uh, you know SCAD, right? Um, and so in these essays, you're really given the opportunity to express your interests of why you actually want to go to the Stamp School of Art and Design. For myself, I loved the interdisciplinary area of studies. I loved that at the time, because things might have changed now due to COVID, when I was applying, you needed to study abroad in order to graduate. Studying abroad was a graduation requirement. And for me, I knew that by going to this school and doing this program that I would be able to finally go abroad and live abroad and have that experience that I've always wanted and get out of you know the States and potentially live in uh, Paris or in India or in uh, Japan and all of these beautiful places across the world. Um, and so I wrote that in my essay and I said, I want to go to this school because I want to study abroad and it is, it is a requirement for the Stamp School of Art and Design. I also tied in about how I wanted to have a big university, Big Ten experience in college while also getting that smaller art school uh, experience as well. And by having a big school or a small school in a big university, you get that best of both worlds. And that's why I chose that school. And so talking about those kind of things and that information and those specific details in your Why Stamps essay is a big indication to the admissions team as to what they're going to predict you do with your time, your four years in your undergrad at, at Michigan. And so looking into your application, they also take into things like, did she participate in pre-college programs or go to national portfolio days, which I'll further expand upon later down the, um, the podcast. But these are just some things that are looked into when they're looking at your application rather than holistically, rather than just like, uh, the Office of Undergraduate Admissions making a final decision because it doesn't, it's not all on the Office of Undergraduate Admissions. The final decision is on stamps. You just have to kind of get through that initial 
Office of Undergraduate Admissions clearance, as I say in air quotes, to then get to the Stamp School of Art and Design. Well, you mentioned so many great pieces of advice. I want to touch upon two of them. First off, the Why Stamps essay. And I love the way you explained some of the details that you included in that essay. First of all, you talked about the interdisciplinary areas of study that Stamps offers. Secondly, you mentioned the fact that you want to study abroad, which, of course, you said is a requirement for the Stamp School. So the advice staff for students is that when you're Answering a question like that, why stamps or frankly any other school that you're applying to, it's really important to speak specific to what those schools offer. In other words, if you say that you want to study abroad and that particular school that you're applying to doesn't offer a study abroad program, well, your application is not going to look so great. But you did your research, you did your homework. Again, Taylor, you talked about the interdisciplinary nature of the programs that they offer and the fact that you do want to study abroad. And of course, STAMPS requires that you do so as part of their program. So it's important not to just have a general essay for every single school that you're applying to, but make it specific to the school you're applying to. And of course, in your case, it was for, the, it, it was for STAMPS. So the other thing that you yeah. touched upon was the portfolio and the fact that it's 50% of the application, which, by the way, is something that I read on the University of Michigan's website. So, Taylor, what advice would you offer prospective students in terms of developing their own art portfolios to be used as part of their overall application? Yeah, so kind of... Uh going back a little bit about this Y stamps application essay, I do want to say do not copy paste stuff off the website to get specific information because they will catch that in a heartbeat. <laughs> and that goes for any school and any program, not just the stamp school of art and design. When you are researching those essays uh, or researching the information to put into those personal statements, you know, you could talk about one professor that's there that you really just want to take a course with and why facilities actually is one thing what they have if it's state-of-the-art technology but also uh, faculty and professors and stuff like that so make sure that uh when you are being specific you aren't just kind of taking it off the website and you know tweaking a couple words here and there make sure you're you're t staying true to yourself which is one of my pieces of, of advice that i actually would give to the students when developing their portfolio and going through this process is you're going to have a lot of art schools that have a lot of specific requirements for example, when I was applying, the Stamp School of Art and Design required that we had uh, two observational drawing pieces. And observational drawing is not my strong suit, and I was very worried I was going to get rejected because my two pieces that I submitted were going to look horrible. <laughs> I actually worked really hard on trying to make it look so good that I felt that I was stressing myself out and that I felt like I wasn't staying true to my morals as an artist and as a student. And I didn't want to kind of be running myself so dry trying to make these look perfect that I was like, I'm never going to always be perfect. I'm never always going to have a project that looks like it should be sent straight to the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City. Um, and so when I kind of like stepped back and just started staying true to myself and the way I typically go about my photography and my paintings, and I applied that to my observational drawings, I felt that I was actually producing some better works. And in my, uh, one of my portfolio pieces actually that I used that I created while in one of my high school classes, it was the same thing. I was working so hard in this one image to make it look so great that I actually ended up scrapping the whole project. And I was like, I'm gonna try again. I'm gonna 
do it the way I normally do it and stop trying to force myself to do it one way that I think everybody wants and to just do it my way. And it ended up being one of my best pieces to this date, one of my best drawings ever. <laughs> so staying true to your creative practices while going through this process, because you are going to be put in a position where you most likely, especially if you're applying to a school that is more technical or is a arts only school like RISD um, or um, like SCAD, Parsons, you are probably going to be placed in a position where you're going to have to create pieces specifically for that school. And when my friend was applying to RISD, again, it's been a while for me. It's been about three and a half, four years. So I don't know if things have changed. But at the time, my friend applied to RISD, he needed to draw a variation of bicycles. And that's something that you can't just kind of have there and just use from your old portfolio. It's something that they're hoping you create now because they want to see how you interpret that, you know, creative prompt. Right. And so that's kind of what I mean by staying true to yourself and your creative practices, because that shows who you are as an artist. And that's what the uh, the admissions offices um, and advisors will see when looking at your application. The second thing is, um, you know, finding a strong support network of people who are there to help you build your portfolio and be creative. Um, and if that isn't, you know, something that is so readily available to you, um, reaching out to the admissions advisors and to the admissions counselors at the universities that you're interested in and just talking to them. That's your support network too. Their, that, their job is to try to make you want to come to the university and to give you all the information that you need to make the decision that makes it feel like this place is best for you. And sometimes, which not everyone's always going to say, sometimes they're going to give you information that you don't want to hear. And you're going to be like, mm, I thought I always wanted to go to this school. And it turns out it's actually not where I want to be at all, or vice versa. I never want to go to this school. I can never see myself there. And then it's like, oh my goodness, this is where I'm meant to be. You know, keeping an open mind, staying true to yourself and reaching out to the admissions counselors when you have questions or when you want to know a bit more of information about a specific aspect of a program is always a great resource that I tell any undergraduate student and also, uh, or anyone who's looking into an undergraduate art program, uh, and also participating in the National Portfolio Days, which are, or pre-colleges that universities have to offer. Um, at the Stamp School of Art and Design, which again, we'll talk a bit more later down the line, we offer a pre-college program that helps with portfolio development that is a great resource for students who are looking into art school, because not only will you be able to live at Michigan and experience stamps, you will also see if it is the right fit for you and if this school is actually where you're supposed to be. Some people always want to go to a pre-college program because they know that's where they want to be and they just want to get like an early taste of it and see if it's truly, you know, what they actually thought of their whole life. And some people go just to develop their portfolio and experience like Michigan in general. Like I've never stepped foot in the state of like, you know, at, in Ann Arbor until I did this pre-college <laughs> program. And I was completely clueless when I started. And by the end of it, I felt like home to me and I knew it's where I wanted to belong. And another friend in the pre-college program who went and just felt that stamps wasn't the best fit for her and actually ended up going to a different art school. And that's okay. That's what these programs are designed for. But in the end, you also get a lot of portfolio development from that. And that's where no matter what, if you end up going to that school or not, that's where it becomes all worth it in the end. Um, and in the National Portfolio Days, they're run like you get to kind of meet. It's like an expo, essentially, of college admissions advisors for art school specifically, where you get the chance to have a you know 15 minute conversation with an admissions counselor and they look over your portfolio and they tell you, um, you know, like 
we like this. We don't really necessarily like this. This isn't what we look for in our students. Um, try adding more of this, try adding less of this, stuff like that. And I'll talk about that more in detail um, later down the line. Well, those are great pieces of advice, talking about staying true to yourself. And it doesn't matter whether you're applying to an art school or not, you should always stay true to yourself in the overall college admissions process. And also reaching out to admissions representatives. You're absolutely right, Taylor. Their job is to help you answer all of your questions so that you could determine whether a school is the right fit for you or not. So you mentioned a lot of other things, including the pre-college program, and you did go into it. But I'd like to ask you to unpackage it just a little bit deeper in case there's a student out there who is interested in attending a pre-college program. Yeah, so the STAM School of Art and Design, when I joined, had um, portfolio prep and BFA preview, which was all in person. Now, due to COVID and because of just some changes in you know virtual learning and the actual accessibility from virtual learning, we've also offered um, an online program as well, which is obviously more cost um, efficient for some people if they don't want to do the whole residency uh, it, you know, aspect of it, because I think it does go up a couple thousand dollars. And obviously that isn't something that every family can, you know, just be like, yeah, I can easily send my kid to a $3,000 program. So having the online version that's a bit more affordable is a great opportunity for students to still get that um, access to the resources and build their portfolios. It's just cheaper and it's also at, in the comfort of their own home. When I participated in the program, I did BFA preview, which meant that I lived in Ann Arbor in a dorm called Bursley Hall uh, in the summers for three weeks straight. And to any U of M alumni or anyone who goes to U of M or knows anything about U of M, Bursley Hall is like one of the only dorms on North Campus and it has like no AC in the summer. Um, and it's known for being more of like the quote unquote rundown dorm. Although I can say I actually have such a soft spot for Bursley. I really love it. It houses the living arts program, <laughs> which is something that's really cool about Michigan. Um, you could still get that experience of arts, even if you're not in the art school. Uh, so I definitely really love that about the university too. But specifically with the pre-college, um, we all lived in this dorm, this like single corridor together. And we really got to know each other. And it basically exactly what it sounds like. It was what it would be like if you were a BFA student. It was a little bit more intense, though, because we did have like three classes every single day, um, you know, from like nine to 12. And then we had lunch from 12 to one. And then we had class one to three and then from like, or one to four and then dinner from like four to five and then class from like five to seven and then studio to, you know, so it was a very uh, structured schedule at the time. It was quite exhausting at points. Um, but in the end, I ended up coming out of that program with a tremendous amount of portfolio pieces. I actually was able to complete my two observational drawing pieces for my stamps portfolio during this pre-college program. And not only wow. was my summer pre-college drawing professor, my like, you know, some, a great, person and just like a um, role model to have as a as someone who isn't the best and strongest in drawing she actually ended up being my professor my freshman year for drawing observation <laughs> and I knew her already and I had like you know the facility already felt like home I knew the faculty I knew where I was going and I just having that pre-college program alleviated a lot of freshman anxiety that I would say that I know I would have had if I didn't do the pre-college program. <laughs> but I also, like I said, was able to get my portfolio reviewed um, by the admissions or the pre-college uh, program coordinator who happened to also do some 
uh, of the national portfolio days. And when I initially met him at the pre-college program, who like he started kind of my road down national portfolio day, he looked at my portfolio, gave me some pointers and told me to try to do some more, less digital stuff, more painting, more drawing. So I did that and I took some drawing classes and I took some painting classes. I did some smaller passion projects as I like to call them to help strengthen my portfolio. I actually added in some ceramics and pottery. Um, and the next time he was at a national portfolio day, I met up with him and I emailed him and I reached out and I said, hey, when are you going to be at a national portfolio day on the East Coast? And he gave me a list of dates. I picked one that worked with my schedule. I met up with him there. He looked at my portfolio. And even just from that, he told me that I had tremendous development in the time. It was like August all the way up until I think it was like October that that's the amount of time that I had to change my portfolio. And even in that, you know, he said like, you have a lot more of a variety of work, which is what we're looking for. Keep up the good work. Um, and I also said, is it okay if I submit works that were incomplete? And he said, of course, we, your pieces do not need to be fully completed. They just need to show that you are, you know, widening your technical abilities and that you're also experiencing other forms of art and not just one. Because unlike a master's of fine arts program where they look to see you mastering one specific area of art design, in an undergraduate BFA program, they're also trying to look for, at least at stamps, I can speak on behalf of stamps, they are looking for a breadth and a variety of work. So that's observational drawing, that's mixed media arts, it could be digital arts, it could be ceramics and sculptures, jewelry and metalsmith and uh, fabrics and stuff like that, anything really. They wanna see you kind of have it all so that when you come here, if once you take those foundation courses, you'll have kind of the experience already, but you'll be able to kind of really pick and choose where you feel you will do better and do best. And so uh, in these national portfolio days, that's where you're getting free advice from college admissions <laughs> counselors. And they're telling you face-to-face -face with your their, your portfolio in their hand or your, you know, your drawings and your digital media work, all of it right in front of them, spread out on a table. And they're telling you what they like, what they don't like, and what that university looks for when going through admissions uh, or applications for the admissions process. Well, it looks like you gained so much from the National Portfolio Days, but also the pre-college program. Taylor, thank you so much for the insight and for sharing your own experiences. I was curious, Taylor, did you take AP classes while in high school? And if so, were they accepted for credit at Stamps? Yeah, so I did take AP classes in high school. I took everything from, you know, your AP science classes to like psychology to your AP art classes like uh, 2D design. And unfortunately, at the STAM School of Art and Design, they're not so much accepted. It kind of comes into play where, like, for example, AP 2D, the art class that I took, I got a five out of five on that AP, but it wasn't accepted. It just kind of shows that I did um, well and that I advanced myself in high school. And that's kind of what the admissions counselors are looking for. I don't know how AP credits transfer over if for gen ed classes that you're taking for requirements while you're in the art school. I just know that creative art classes like the 2D um, AP class, none of that stuff transfers over into art school. Academic classes for academic uh, requirements, that might transfer over because 
you're taking, um, even though you're housed in the Stam School of Art and Design, when you're taking your gen ed classes, they would be through the like LSA. And so LSA might be able to get that transfer credit um, over with the APU so that you can kind of have like psych 101 completed or, um, you know, from your AP psych exam and stuff like that, or you can take another level because the school does recognize that you take AP classes, specifically the creative arts AP classes are not transferable at stamps and they don't work towards your degree. However, it doesn't mean don't take them. Um, my advice to anyone who's still in high school and someone who's looking into a university um, where the art school is under a bigger academic institution like Michigan and the Stamps School of Art and Design, you, like I said previously, your application goes to the Office of Undergraduate Admission and that's kind of where they initially see if you're kind of keeping up with the rigor, if you could, you know, will do well at Michigan. And so taking these AP classes and honors classes, while they might not necessarily transfer in the creative sense, they do actually help with how you're perceived with um, your application process. Um, more specifically, you also are in a rigorous class and you're used to rigor. And that's what the school is trying, the university is trying to see when selecting students uh, to go forward with the application process. And plus, you always learn great um, study habits and, and skills within these AP classes because you're kind of learning how to navigate a heavier course load or have it, having to navigate um, more difficult uh, readings and writings and you know tests being at higher stakes and things like that. And that is more representative of what it's like being a college student is, you know, you kind of you get a lot on your plate at once and it's kind of up to you to manage how you're going to read it and write it. Uh, and, you know, turn all that information into a phenomenal term essay or how you're going to memorize all of it and, uh, you know, apply uh, different scientific processes to, you know, your exams and stuff like that. So AP classes, I always say you still should take them just because, um, you know, the school likes to see that you're advancing yourself academically. In addition, if you're applying to an art school, more specifically relating to bigger academic universities with smaller art schools. An art-specific school, I'm not sure they're going to care so much about seeing AP Biology or AP Calculus, um, whereas, you know, schools that do have that academic aspect as well of an art school, they might care a bit more than, say, you know, your traditional all-art school like RISD or SCAD. Understood. And Taylor, what are the kinds of things that you considered when picking an art school and how does selecting an art school within a university system differ from selecting, as you mentioned, an art only school? Yeah, so great question. When I was in my um, college scouting process, as I'd like to call it, I was <laughs> looking for most importantly, like where I felt I would have the best opportunities to grow as a student, but also um, after I had graduated. And for me, um, there are many different aspects to picking a school. First and foremost, it boils down to, does the school have what I want to study? Does it have a program that focuses or an ability to let me focus in digital media. Because going into college, though my portfolio had a wide variety of stuff, I knew I wanted to focus in the digital media area of art and design, so photography and film predominantly. That being said, um, I looked at schools that had a photography major, but I tried to see like what the program entailed, and a lot of it was very technical fine art photography. And there were some programs that were great, but I just felt weren't the right fit for me. 
And upon further exploration and actually doing this BFA preview, I realized that the SNAM School of Art and Design specifically has an interdisciplinary um, mindset in terms of how they go about setting up their students academically. And for those who don't know what that means, interdisciplinary academics basically mean that you can kind of do whatever you want. They love seeing you integrate those academic courses that you take for your gen eds into your art. That's what they love to see. And that's basically what interdisciplinary studies are. At Stamps, we actually don't have any majors. It's just a degree. You're either getting a BA, which is a Bachelor of Arts, or you're getting a Bachelor of Fine Arts, which is a BFA. In those degrees, it's up to you to do what you want to do. You can choose, like, we don't have, you know, most colleges, for example, or generally speaking, like a psychology degree, right? You'll have, you need to take Psych 101, and then you need to take a statistics class, and then you need to take five of these psych classes, um, you know, 220, 230, 240, 250, stuff like that, to complete breadth requirements within your academic requirements. We have that, but it's a bit different. It's just take any classes. You have to take four classes at the 200 level. Could be whatever you want. Could be one film class. It could be one ceramics class. It could be a fibers class. It could be a typography class. They don't care as long as you get it done. And that to me, while some people might think, oh, there's no structure there. Like, how are they going to be able to actually find what they like? You're quite literally building your entire major. Like, I have completely customized my courses. I took typography this last semester, photography. I've been like taking film. Um, there's just so many classes that I can now take and integrate together to kind of build my own major so that if I wanted to go say into like digital media marketing, I have my digital media, but I also have the typography level like layer under my belt now because I'm learning about um, type and typeface and how to make um you know magazine layouts or how to make things readable and readability and these are all small things that you learn in each individual class that when you pile it all together it's it's great and so we kind of have what we kind of i guess call them concentrations um and so i say oh i'm getting a degree from the stamp school of art and design with the concentration in digital media you know art and design or studies and that's kind of how at stamps we go about it but that being said i have a friend who decided to focus on um, you know, kind of illustration and graphic design. And for her senior IP project, she actually ended up writing a whole entire book that she illustrated herself. And it's now, I think she's got a publisher and she's trying to get it to be sold in like Barnes and Noble. But these are things that, you know, you get to create and you get to do at a school where there is no major and it's really just so interdisciplinary. There's another student as well who is a phenomenal uh, sculptor. She does a lot of these really cool organically shaped um, uh, vases and lights and sculptures and planters and everything you could think of with them. They're so cool. And she actually got some of her work put into a show in Italy. And so, wow. you know, there are so many tremendous opportunities at a school where it's interdisciplinary and there are no majors. And this these, you know, two ladies are exa like, exactly the... Um, examples that I, you know, thinking of in terms of like, you don't need to have one specific thing. Cause she also took a digital media class, even though she's doing ceramics, I'm taking a ceramics class next semester, even though I'm focusing in digital media. And so that's kind of the beauty of having an interdisciplinary academic institution. Well, thank you again for that explanation. And I was curious, Taylor, has Stamps been able to help you find internship opportunities or job opportunities? And if so, can you explain some of the things you were able to do as a Stamps student? Yeah. So the Stamp School of Art and Design um, 
has a career center and we have a career advisor. His name is John Luther. He's absolutely amazing. I love him to pieces and he's helped me so much already <laughs> with landing my upcoming summer internship. Uh, that being said, I actually got my internship through a club on campus called Music Matters, and we had one of the recruiters for the Endeavor agency. Um, they own William Morris Endeavor, The Wall Group, IMG. Uh, and so one of the recruiters came in and did a resume critique, and so I signed up for a slot because I was like, hey, what do I have to lose? It's just another resource and another network that I have to my advantage. And we talked and we actually ended up, I told him I was actually in art school and I wasn't in the business school like everybody else and that I had an interest in the arts and fashion and, and media. And he actually was able to connect me with um, IMG Models uh, and their recruiting team for the summer internship program. And so when I found out about that, he told me to send over my resumes and I reached out to John Luther, our um, career advisor, and I said, hey, can we set up a call so that I can go over my resume and kind of fix things visually from a creative standpoint so that I could be the best possible candidate for applying to this IMG models internship. So I set up a call with him and that's exactly what we did. We created a creative resume and we tweaked up my um, traditional resume as I like to call it because when you're an artist, everyone's going to have a creative resume, but they're also going to have a traditional resume. At least I do myself because not all agencies and companies are going to like the creative resume, but creative agency firms will love the creative resume. Working on both of those with John Luther um, helped me, in my opinion, get the position as a summer intern with IMG Models for this upcoming summer. And so um, the school has a lot of opportunities to help you with internships and jobs actually too. You can work in the admissions office, you can work as a pre-college advisor, and they will always be posting and sending out a bunch of job opportunities, resume opportunities. They set up panels a lot to uh, come have alumni come speak or recruiters come speak to the students. And so there's always, they're always giving you career opportunities at stamps, no matter the time of the year, like not just the internship recruiting season as Michigan students like to call it, you know, from the very beginning all the way to the very end and even through summer, they're always sending us opportunities that we could have. So Taylor, what would you change if you had to go through the application process again as a student artist? Actually, there's not really much I would change because I'm actually quite happy with the way I went about it. I said the biggest thing, though, is doing more of the college tours when I got the opportunity to. Um, the most important thing in the end, in addition to loving the program and loving the whole entire university, is also finding a place where you feel safe and where you feel at home. And when I walked onto Michigan's campus, I just, you know, even after 20 minutes of being there, I just knew this is where I wanted to be. I felt safe. I felt like this would, this is where I could live for the next four years and be happy. Um, and it is where I'm living for the next couple of years and I am happy. <laughs> um, and those are like the decisions essentially that it boils down to. And, and weighing the decisions of, do you want to go to a school that's all of an art school? Or do you want to go to a school that also has a traditional Big Ten experience? Or do you want to go to a school in a city? Or do you want to go to school in a more of a rural, you know, farmland type of area? You know, everyone is completely different. And that's totally okay. And you know, don't, you know, stay true to yourself and don't take what other people have to say about where you should go, you know, so heavily because it's you in the end it's you where you're going off to and where you're going to study and what you're going to do with your life um so 
uh, like again like I said stay true to yourself stay true to who you are and do what you truly think will make you happy and I think you know for me following that message and kind of following my process with that mindset was really how I think I ended up loving Michigan so much and loving the school that I'm at and getting to it and even the application process because not only was I able to network with a bunch of admissions counselors like now I'm quite close with the dean I was offered to do be the pre-college advisor for the summer um, but unfortunately because I accepted at IMG Models I was unable to uh, accept this summer job position working and staying in Ann Arbor um, and you know also looking into other opportunities that your school have for example newspapers and clubs and music business industries if that's something you want to go into look for clubs on campus that you know you'll have access to or if you want to go into for me like arts photography we have a fashion magazine on campus called shea magazine and i'm a photographer for it and so looking at clubs that you know you could participate in that feel like they're a right fit for you or feel like you could do really well in and um, the two clubs or the three clubs that I'm in right now are the Michigan Daily, the Music Matters, uh, Music Business Club, and uh, Shea Magazine. And I'm a photographer for um, the Michigan Daily, and I'm a photographer for Shea Magazine. I'm in the marketing committee for Music Matters. And these three clubs and those exact, like, are exactly how I was able to kind of get all of my hobbies and my academics kind of tied into clubs and meeting new people and exploring and getting opportunities to have my portfolio reviewed from people that aren't necessarily my professors and that I'm going to be seeing for the next couple of years, you know, getting my resume critiqued and reviewed by one of the recruiters at Endeavor was an amazing opportunity for me that I never thought in a million years I would have the opportunity to have. And you, you the good thing about, I guess, being in a bigger university like Michigan is that you're always getting more and more opportunities. And by photographing at the daily, I ended up covering um, baseball. And then the next day I was covering men's tennis. And then the intern for men's tennis who works under communications emailed me asking if I could send the pictures. But when you work for a publication, you actually can't, you don't own your images anymore. The publication owns them. So I'm technically, I wasn't allowed to send them. So I actually was able to kind of volunteer and set up a freelance thing where I just went to games and just took photos for you know, communications, but also for the guys to just have because they don't really get as much photography attention as say football or basketball or hockey. Um, and so I ended up starting my sports photography track with men's tennis and I stuck with them the whole season actually up until literally last week in Urbana Champagne when they made it to Elite Eight. Unfortunately, they weren't able to advance, but even in that time of just a month and a half of being with them, I was actually offered um, a position to join, if I wanted to, the entire University of Michigan Athletics Department to be a photographer for all sports, both men and women. And I would have the opportunity to be given access to facilities and places that your traditional photographer or someone who's working for, like, say, the Daily or a newspaper that they wouldn't have access to. And so you know, I have to make the decision of whether I want to leave the daily and join athletics or if I want to pass on athletics and stay with the daily. And, you know, most likely we'll end up going with athletics because the opportunity there is unmatched. And I do own the rights to my photos, which means that if I wanted to do anything with them or for my senior um, IP project, if I ever wanted to do a photo gallery or a book where I compile all of my work together, um, I would be able to do so with athletics rather than having the whole licensing and copyright issues with, say, the daily. 
Um, but these are all things that you get access to when you're at a, a university. And these are things that you also should be looking into. And for me, lo- I didn't look so much into the clubs um, or organizations that the universities had. I kind of focused a lot on the programs. Uh, luckily, I lucked out so well with Michigan having just such a tremendous amount of you know student organizations on campus um, and having the things like the Daily and Shea Magazine that I was able to kind of just go back and really just hop right into things. But, you know, looking back on it, I wish I looked more at what schools had to offer besides the academics, because you're not always going to be in a classroom. You're going to be out and about. Is the downtown life fun? Is the restaurant scene cool? Is it a you know place where you can walk around easily or would you need a bike or a car or something like that? You know, these are all because later down the line, cars become an expense. And these are things you kind of want to plan out later into wherever you're going to be for the next four years well first of all i'm so happy because hearing you articulate all the great opportunities that the university of michigan offers you like you said in the classroom and beyond on campus and beyond it's just tremendous to see how happy you are and that you really found the perfect school for yourself and taylor i know that you have given us throughout this conversation multiple multiple pieces of advice but in conclusion what are the top three pieces of advice you would give to aspiring student artists and their parents? Yeah, so never be afraid to reach out to college admissions advisors and college admission counselors because they're literally always there to help and take advantage of the resources that they are that they give you and that your school also gives you. Um, don't be afraid to network with alumni. Don't be afraid to network with current students at the university um, or even, like I said, the admissions counselors, because everybody in the end understands the place. We were all there at one point. I was there when I was looking for schools and where I felt I was meant to be. Right. Um, And the biggest takeaway about with it all would have to be reaching out to the admissions counselors when I felt like I needed to, because in that I was able to create a relationship with with the office essentially. And when they looked over my portfolio, when I actually had my meeting with the Dean and I looked over my specific uh, portfolio and application and all the notes in the comment section and everything, it literally said, was at National Portfolio Day, participated in BFA preview and maintained a strong connection with, and then the counselor's name. And so it's like they, they note this, they, they remember this. So never be afraid to reach out. And, and for anybody, you know, who is looking at Stamp School of Art Design or art school in general, like, you know, you're more than welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn or my email, uh, which is just like taypasses, T-A-Y-P-A-C-I-S at umich.edu. Um, and, you know, message me with any questions that you have, because we're all trying to help. We all want the best thing for you. And whether that's Michigan or not, you know, that's, where it comes down and boils down to your decision but reaching out to everybody and creating that network of people is what essentially is going to get you that you know information in the first place and by reaching out to students you get to see what the student life is like versus just the traditional oh this is what they're always going to say about being you know our application process and what our campus life is like but hearing it from a student and talking to them you know is something that's completely different going to campus and seeing how they interact with the environment and seeing how do they actually like do they look happy are they enjoying themselves are they having fun there these are all things that 
are important when it comes to picking the right place in the right college and feeling and that you found a place that makes you feel like you're at home um, are probably some of the biggest takeaways that I have. And, and then just also, like I've always said, staying true to yourself and kind of taking things one day at a time, step by step. And um, the biggest thing that I've learned in my entire academic career so far up until this point is that you might have a plan to go somewhere or to do something, but there are also chances that life is just like, nope, and that plan completely changes. And there are probably going to be times where you're having your ultimate highs, but you're also going to have your ultimate lows. And that shouldn't be a discouragement to you because it happens to everyone. It happened to me. It happened to some of my friends. I took two years off of undergrad. I should have been graduated by now, but I'm back at being a sophomore. I'm turning 22 years old and most of my classmates are just turning like 19, 20 years old. Right. <laughs> and it's because, you know, I did what I stayed true to myself and I did what felt right for me and what was best for me. And I truly believe that if I didn't do that and I didn't take that time off and I just kind of forced myself and tried to really keep pushing that I wouldn't have been able to find athletics, that I wouldn't have been able to find my passion through sports photography, and that I wouldn't be as genuinely happy and as satisfied as I am today with my academics and with my coursework and with my my peers and my friends and even my roommates and everything. Like it just all worked out so well for me. And it does, you know, as much as sometimes it might seem like it's not going to work out, it does work out. And so that's why I always say taking things one day at a time and step by step and not trying to really overpack everything and make things super overwhelming for yourself, which is a lot easier said than done. Um, that's one of the most important things to making sure that you are also taking care of yourself while going through such a stressful and you know invigorating process. Well, Taylor, thank you so much today for your time, for being so genuine, so open, so honest. This has been a tremendous conversation and I'm so happy because I know it's going to help a lot of aspiring student artists and their families. So we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Taylor. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure and we hope to have you again. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap.